0: Welcome everyone back to another episode of setting the scene. My name is Michael and I'm the host of the podcast. This is our 30th episode. We're joined by Andy to talk about BSMD programs. We're going to be talking about his experiences, his reflections, Um, being a BSMD student. We're able to hear um, personal firsthand experience from him. I don't want to take too much of the thunder. So Andy, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: sure uh first off thank you so much uh, for having me on the podcast it's a real honor i'm always uh, willing to help other students kind of pursue their creative uh, passions podcasting being one of the most popular options and i think you're doing a great job and a great service to a lot of students out there but uh, my name is andy when i am a current third year medical student at the medical college of georgia I was part of the Augusta University and Medical College of Georgia combined seven-year BSMD program. I am just a few hours after my family med shelf, so hopefully you guys listening, uh, cross your fingers and wish me luck on
0: it. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm a pre-med student right now, but I'm sure those are going to be some hard times later on in medical school. I'm sure that you can attest to that. I wanted to, first of all, and you mentioned a little about it, your own BSMD program. I wanted to, first of all, touch on that. What do you find uh, most appealing and and different amongst the other BSMD programs with the one that you're at, at the University of Georgia?
1: So I think one of the best parts of my program in particular um, is the fact that if you are an in-state student in Georgia, it's one of the best banks for your bucks that you can get anywhere in the country. Uh, The Medical College of Georgia is the only state school or state public medical school in Georgia. So because of that, it is, I believe, in the top 15, if not top 20 lowest med school tuitions in the entire country. And so uh, I think a very underrated part of the program that I was at, um, kind of years down the road that you acknowledge once you start seeing the uh, red number in your loan account creep up and up every year, is that comparatively for the absolute great quality of education that you get at the Medical College of Georgia, it's really financially feasible and compared to a lot of the other programs that I've seen where you are kind of going into it more for the namesake or for a better undergraduate experience, whether that be the Penn State Jefferson program, uh, the UKMC program, the Brown program, um, just on a standpoint of even if you do get into those programs, you're still paying out-of-state tuition if the, that happens to be an out-of-state school for you. And on top of like a private state or a private school tuition, um, undergrad is not necessarily the place where you want to be chucking a lot of money, especially if you know you have the intent of going to medical school. And medical school will already run you up a pretty penny. Uh, so the fact and it's kind of like a surface level, but still very important part that I, I loved about my program is that I get to shave off a year of undergrad and still have a fantastic um, medical training experience and leave with fractions of the amount of debt that um, the average physician will have.
0: Absolutely. A lot of people considering, like you mentioned, prestige and all getting caught up in those factors. There's a lot of factors to begin with to consider. Um, Part of the reason why there's whole videos, tutorials, guides, and and insights to share about school selection, but that's for another episode, Um, but definitely it is something that will continue on past medical school, those loans. Zooming out to BSMD programs in general, I wanted to ask that once you do get into medical school, you mentioned it being a seven-year program, three years for undergrad, but the standard four for medical school, Once you do get into medical school as a BSMD student, are there any perks or differences between you and traditional MD students?
1: So I can only 100% for certain speak for my program, uh, but I'm pretty sure across the people I've talked to at other programs, it's the same, where basically when you enter medical school, you've, for all sense of purposes, practically matriculated out of the program, you were just a regular med student. So, where things are different is that accelerated experience as part of undergrad. Some of those experiences will differ than the average undergraduate student. You'll be taking 17 to 19 credit hours every single semester. You don't really get too much of a choice in what course um, work you choose. <clears throat> you are, you know, cramming to take the MCAT after your second year of undergrad, things that the average undergrad student on a pre-med track, they aren't doing. Once you get past all of that, and you matriculate into your associated medical college, there really aren't too many perks. Um, I I mean, we we talked in a meeting before this episode, um, talking about my experiences, and it is a little bit interesting because when you show up on the first day everyone can probably pick you out of the crowd just because you look a lot younger than everybody else. And, and people will kind of be like, yeah, yeah, you're a BSMD, right? Because the average age of a med school class is anywhere from 25, 26. And you're, I, I mean, I literally could not legally drink starting medical school. And, and so like the, the baby phase doesn't help either. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, those experiences on the surface were weird. But then once you start getting into some of the simulations, and you are mixing and mingling, you're not like stuck with the same cohort you went through the program with. Um, You're in it with everybody. So I was doing simulations on the first week with people who had like whole careers as field medics, MAs, uh, nurses, and they were just like spinning off all these drugs and protocols that I like literally have never heard of before in my life. And like, it took an adjustment period to kind of go, hey, they know a lot more simply because they've just been alive longer than you Um, and that's okay. And, And like we don't get any sort of perks like exclusive research opportunities or anything like that. Although I will say, especially if you are close with the faculty and they are aware that you were in that program, they do at least acknowledge that, okay, at a baseline, you must have been a very sharp and responsible student coming into medical school. Not, not saying that everybody else isn't, but I think it's just that label gives you that preconceived notion to faculty sometimes that you can handle your own. Definitely. And so it almost gives you like a first impression ethos sort of deal. Um, that's not a formal perk or anything like that. It's all a matter of, you know, how you present yourself, how you carry yourself, because you can still be part of the program and present yourself very poorly and give off a bad impression. Like the title of the program you were in is not going to save you from that. Um, But yeah, you, you just become another medical student and go through things just like everybody else. You just happen to be a solid couple years younger than everybody
0: You mentioned the age gap earlier, getting an acceptance at 17 and now being in your third year. It sounds like it's more of an acknowledgement of the differences rather than a normalization of them. Is that true as you go through your years?
1: Uh, Absolutely. I I think normalization has kind of a hint of ignorance to it. And I think it really takes away the opportunity for you to learn uh, from other people. And that's kind of an approach that I um, took when like you said, acknowledging that age gap where I could, you know, sit around all day long and say, Oh crap, like these, these people know so much more than me. There's no way I'm ever going to catch up to them. When instead I was like, you know what? No, keep talking. Show, like, tell me what, what was that joint name? What was that protocol? What did you, what did you do when you saw the situation before? Um, and then instead just approach it with a pretty inquisitive attitude and, you know, one it helps you make friends. You know, people love talking about the things they did in the past and then you learn from it. You get to understand where they're coming from and, you know, how their life brought them to medical school. And that's part of the learning process, really, and a part of being a medical student because, you know, when you go out into the field as a physician, you're going to be also interacting with people from all different experiences, all different ages, um, all different backgrounds. And so that's just a a very much, um, I would say necessary process, Uh, regardless if you're in a BSMD program or not. I think the BSMD program just like lends itself to that opportunity where you really are forcing yourself to acknowledge the differences between yourself and other people and how to work around that. Um, Whereas I think other people might be introduced to that, in their clinical rotations or something when it's a little bit more forced upon them when they're working with, you know, people of different ages, different backgrounds, different cultural um, backgrounds, different beliefs. And then now they just have to learn on the fly, which is everybody will do, but the BSMD program will really force you to do that early on, which is not necessarily a good or bad thing. It just, it is a thing.
0: (laughs) yeah and definitely being seven years like you mentioned it is it's even more so that way um i know some bsmd programs are eight years and i heard one that's six which is really really pushing it um speaking of the length do you feel like it's rushed in any way what was the experience how do you manage um, all those classes you said it was like 18 20 credits right every semester yeah it can
1: range from 17 to 19 uh credit hours every single semester i so i personally say seven years is a sweet spot i think it it gives you the incentive to join those programs and i i do think i mean just consider the way that europe does their medical system where they're just accepted out of high school too they just have like way longer of a process i i think there are a lot of undergraduate courses where if you know for a fact a physician is the career that you want you just don't need to, to take some of those classes like they're not going to add to your experience or anything so I, three years is a good sweet spot two years in undergrad is pushing it again i had conversations with some of the student current students at ukmc as well as graduates of the UKMC program who are like attendings now. And I think they do it well, personally. I would say that's a little bit rushed, um, especially in just like the straight up emotional maturity side of things. Um, But I I think it's tough. Uh, You're obviously taking on a lot harder of a coursework and like your grades matter a lot more than your average pre-med student. So there's a lot of times when you you have to say no to the social gatherings, you have to say no to the trips. And I mean, I don't regret my experience at all, but I do. I, I do feel like it made me mature a lot faster than I wanted to for better or worse. Um, and, and that's just something to note when you make that decision to join these programs. Like, uh, that's something you have to expect when you're making that decision that you want to be a doctor at 17, 18 years old. Um, it's a commitment. It really is. And you, you have to be fully into it or else like you're gonna, not going to think it's worth it, uh, because it is grueling. And then it, it does prepare you well for kind of the coursework and the, uh, drinking out of a fire hose analogy of medical school. So you're not exactly new to that. But I, I do think three years is a good sweet spot. It cuts out some of the uh, like prereq dare I call it BS sometimes um, of some of these courses where you're just like, I'm just taking this to take it or I'm just taking this because I need credit hours to graduate. And I think every undergraduate student knows what courses I'm talking about. <laughs> and then you're just kind of like trying to fill your schedule as much as possible. And so the the three years allows you to shave that off and be like, all right, these are the things I need to get to medical school and prepare me to do so. I'm just going to take those and go.
0: Absolutely. And there's some people who do, even without the BSMD structure to it, in a way they make it three years and they're, they're able to get in within three years. It's not common, but it is a case. It is possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to backtrack to when you made the decision that being a physician was right for you earlier before applying, before um, anything to do with medicine. What was the spark for you?
1: Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I I do want to emphasize, especially to anybody um, looking into these kinds of programs, it is a tough decision to make you have to be fully committed if the answer to the question do I want to be a physician is not if that answer is not 100% yes it is a no which means do not apply to these programs because it is a commitment and the last thing you want to do is either fail out or drop out of these programs. Um, But to in order to prepare you to make that kind of very mature decision. My biggest word of advice is just get clinical experience, put yourself in those shoes or as close to those shoes of a physician as possible to know what you're getting yourself into. And for me, I got a very unique opportunity between my junior and senior year of high school to do a clinical research program. And in fact, it it was a research program, but I was the only student that was put into a clinical lab which means that I am not pipetting or working with lab rats all day long. I was actually working with cystic fibrosis and uh, sickle cell patients undergoing you know, trial therapies. Uh, and in that lab, I was also closely mentored by two medical students who were doing research between their first and second years of med school. And I was like 16 at the time. And I just remember, you know, one, first and foremost, you know, coming in every day and getting to hear the stories of the patients, how, you know, long they've had their disease, you know, their disease course, and how this, you know, trial treatment was giving them hope in, you know, living a better, more healthy life. And then, second, having those medical students, you know, really take me under their wing, show me what it was like, what their day-to-day looked like, you know, they gave me an early tour of the med school, and just, like, showed me how fun their life was, while also being, you know, incredible physicians in training, and it was kind of one of those eureka moments, where I came to to work every day, and it was, it was, like, a full-time job, it was, like, nine to three, Monday through Friday, and I found myself Never really looking at the clock and going, like, you know, okay, cool. I have two more hours here until I can leave. And I think that's a really good, really, really good uh, benchmark that you're in a place where you want to be. I spent a lot of time in the pediatric emergency medicine department here at the children's hospital shadowing um, physicians too. And, And those are just very few examples that make a huge difference. Because I got to see not just like, oh, I want to be a doctor, but I don't really know what that job does or what it means. I got to see what I was getting myself into, but not just that, but give me an end goal to work towards because like I said, it is a commitment. Um, you know, coming at 17, 18 years old to be in one of these programs that you will be you you will be put through the ringer in the undergrad part and then you will be put through the ringer again times like five for uh, the actual med school part and those moments of clinical experience are the things that you know realigns your compass and reminds you why you're doing what you're doing because you will have multiple times where you question that but it seeing patients and actually getting to do what you wanna do, even as small of a role as you may have as a high school student or an undergrad student, it makes all the difference.
0: Absolutely. I remember, this reminds me of a shadowing experience I had last year, um, I was in the thick of undergrad and now being graduated, I'm, I'm glad I pulled through, but um, it was a while since I shadowed and I was in the OR. This was the first time that I've been in the OR. I had shadowed earlier Um, with uh, just consultants, but never like with hands on work. And I definitely fell in love with the OR um, at the time, just from hearing from uh, this ob guy doctor. And um, I was like, wow, this is really what I can do through all these years of training. The textbooks go farther than just the print, you know, you you can get yourself farther than um, being just a student. At some point, it's going to change. So I can definitely connect to that. Uh, Had those instances quite a few. I wanted to ask now moving and fast forwarding a little on to the application process, what were your priorities with school selection? What did you look for in a BSMD program and what factors generally, whether it be ones that you considered or ones that were not as prioritized for yourself but maybe for others, would you recommend others to look into?
1: So I'll kind of go with my personal experience and then a uh, personal story of somebody that i kind of mentored over the past couple of years. Uh, for me, I the Augusta University and MCG program was the only one I personally applied to. Um, I knew because Georgia has this thing called like the Zell Miller Scholarship, which basically if you, you know keep up a certain GPA and everything and you attend an in-state school, um, they'll pay for tuition for you. So I knew that like, that's that's the way to go. I knew I wanted to stay in state. I think the only school I applied to out of state was Chapel Hill, UNC. And um, so that was kind of my main priority where it's like, you know, our state government is giving us this incredible opportunity financially. I'm not gonna waste that for anything. And then also, I grew up in the city that the Medical College of Georgia is in. So I grew up watching MCG grow, and I grew up shadowing the faculty here, and I knew what kind of training that they give. So I was very, very familiar with the medical college and um, the opportunities that I could get there, which very much helped uh, me avoid some of that kind of... uh, What's a nice way of putting this? I think like name flashing that a lot of high school students can get. Like they want to shoot for the Harvard, the Brown, the Princeton, because the name's flashy, right? Um, And then I love how people like to cite, oh, you'll get more research opportunity there. You'll get more connections there. I'm like, you can get connections and research opportunities literally anywhere you go. It's all a matter of, you know, how much you want to assert yourself and how much you're willing to work there. Because even if you do go to UPenn or these like UCLA places, that does not mean those opportunities are going to be handed to you on a silver platter, you know? So like, I knew I was going to have to bust my butt anywhere I go, might as well save a couple dollars while, while doing it. Also, I wanted to be at least driving distance away from family. So again, geography matters. And I know that matters a lot to people out there applying. So please consider that. Now, um, undergrad is also something I considered. I actually was hesitant to join my program because the undergraduate university was very, very small. And I was fairly extroverted in high school. And I was like, no, I want... I want the UGA football games. I I want the big, you know, downtown life. I want the typical college life. Um, And so if that's something you prioritize, look for a program like the uh, Penn State Jefferson program that they have, you know, a fun, classic college experience at Penn State, but then also go to a great medical college and they aren't in the same city. So that's also something to consider. Uh, and then also there's little things like, you know, looking at the requirements, every program is different. I have to say that, you know, kind of like we mentioned the UKMC program, six years. I believe some of these programs are eight years. Some of them you have to take the MCAT. Some of them don't. Some you get guaranteed acceptance. Some of them you get a guaranteed interview. So again, read the fine print when you're looking into these programs. Um, but those are kind of the major factors that you want to look into, you know, Finances first. Yeah, I I understand there is a bind, and medicine is a very um, you know, costly field to enter into. It is very much delayed uh, gratification. But if there are any ways to kind of do damage control along the way, please do that. Uh, two geography. If being near family is a priority, please prioritize that because these programs are stressful, and you're going to need the support. And then three comes, like, everything else, really. Like, the coursework, the requirements, and then, like, the culture and experience that you want. That kind of comes third, in my opinion. It's still important. Don't, don't let the ranking um, kind of undermine that. Um, but, yeah, those were my personal decisions I made. Now, I, th- these are all points that I also made to somebody that, I mentor because she got accepted into the Brown program as well as the uh, MCG program. And I mentioned all these to her. She still eventually ended up wanting to go to Brown. Uh, I think she got a couple of scholarships there or something. And that's like kind of the off case where, okay, you're an out-of-state student, but you ended up getting a couple of scholarships there, then go for it. See what I mean? But I would not choose that program solely off the fact that you have this belief that you're going to you're going to do so much better there and you will get better training there i remember some residents joking around with me saying that med school is just the undergrad of the medical field and it's so true because med schools are standardized across the board so no matter really where you go you're getting the same amount of education. It's just the way you're getting that education is different depending on like geography, patient population, et cetera, et cetera. So don't, don't lose sleep over, you know, trying to get into a top 15 med school. Worry about that in residency because that's kind of like where the ranking and the training really, really differs and matters. Um, but when you're considering these programs, there will be med schools attached to it. There will be undergrad institutions attached to it go with what's best for you not what gets the most press
0: absolutely i think people especially being in high school they haven't had that first taste of using thousands of dollars towards education because you know most haven't really necessarily had that experience yet in high school um i feel like sometimes not all the time but more so traditional applicants who've already gone through undergrad will be a little more mindful of finances. Um, But but yeah, it it might be just the age, it might be the experience with um, costs and education, but for one reason or another, I I do know that people do get caught up with the prestige. Another one I wanted to ask, and this is about the maturity to do with being a BSMD student. You mentioned that earlier, being 17, getting that acceptance are there any differences between how they might check for that in a BSMD student versus a traditional MD student? So, it's never going to be a perfect system. Um, I I
1: definitely would say that they try their best. Uh, my program, as as of the time of recording, does not have an interview process. However, the application is like fourteen essays with multiple of those essay prompts being pulled straight from the Medical College of Georgia secondary application. So they're asking you these heavy hitter questions that they would be asking, you know, a 25, 26 year old uh, applying to medical school. And I think those answers in a way do uh, have a good way of showcasing emotional maturity. And even if the program has an interview process, I still don't think it's a completely foolproof program because there are many people that I know are fantastic interviewers, but, you know, if you sat them down in a patient room, they would have like, no idea how to connect with that patient <laughs> and they would just talk statistics and biochem pathways to them but never talk to them as a human and a person so they try their best to screen through essays through interviews no matter what it may be but at the end of the day it does have to be a personal kind of decision and in a way a personal journey uh, to get to that emotional maturity, not saying that it's a requirement to join one of these programs, but it's something that I think you're gonna have to pick it up whether you like it or not way sooner than the average student.
0: Absolutely. I want to focus a little more on your personal experience, specifically in undergrad. We haven't had much time to talk about that. Um, extraverculars is always a unique uh, set of activities for everyone, GPA, MCAT, they're always numbers, but extracurriculars really set a person apart, showcase your hobbies. If you're going for ones that do showcase your hobbies, sometimes people might do the checkbox approach, but for you, what activities did you involve yourself during those three years of undergrad?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think I think this is also a big part to these programs is that now, if you wanted to, you could, like you said, go with the checkbox approach because most of them will have like a GPA requirement, an MCAT score requirement, like maybe an interview or two, some community service or clinical service hours, and then like possibly a research requirement, but that's, that's it. So in reality, you could just do all those cruise, do nothing else in undergrad and be guaranteed acceptance to the medical school. However, flip it around, what that does is give you a ton of opportunity to do extracurriculars that you never thought you'd be able to do because you're not having to resume build. So instead of joining, you know, your traditional pre-med clubs, bio club, any like I don't know, community mission things or chem club. Not saying any of those are bad, but if you're not interested in them and you don't want to do them simply because you think it looks good on your resume, you don't have to. So for me, it gave me the opportunity to get involved in Greek life, you know, really get into a leadership position in my student government, um, really invest time into my student ministry, as well as build up a lot of my creative passions with photography and videography. And all that because I didn't have to have this almost guilt that because the extracurricular I was doing wasn't directly tied to medicine, that it would impact my chances of getting into medical school. And and that's so underrated and really makes your undergraduate experience better. Because again, like if, if I went to a big state school and I knew I still wanted to go to medical school, I was like, there's no way I'm joining Greek life. That's like, that's stupid. It's it's almost like, you know, academic suicide. But for a program like me, especially also being at a smaller undergraduate school, I was like, okay, like I can do this because I don't have to worry that like it's gonna impact me that badly uh, going into med school. And, and, And that freedom, I mean, I had one of my roommates, he started up like a karate club. See that has nothing to do with medicine, but it's something he's passionate about. And because he had that freedom in undergrad, he did it just because. And that's something that these programs don't advertise. And I think they should.
0: Absolutely. Like just even with the pre-med scene, for example, we started out as a student group. Um, the founders base based mainly in Texas A&M and they're able to create their own thing. We not only have the podcast, we have other programs involved. It was really from scratch, from your own hands, and out of the interests that drove you. Um, Things like that, you don't need effort to, you don't need to put on a show to show how interested you are, it comes naturally. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask now, in the present moment, being over halfway through med school in your third year, along the way, have you picked up any specialty interests,
1: um, I definitely would say uh, I knew I wanted to do a subspecialty within pediatrics for a while. That was kind of like confirmed before I even got to med school or even in the program. But I will say at this point, the OR is really piquing my interest. Um, Kind of like when I said how I noticed that medicine was right for me how I wasn't like looking at the clock at all and counting down the hours until I got to leave. It's been the same way every time I'm in the OR. Uh, Yeah. I would no offense to all the primary care physicians and, you know, the people who do clinic work all day long, but I would much rather spend 10 hours in the OR than like three hours in clinic. Mm -hmm. It's just, (laughs) <laughs> that's just how I am I, I love doing procedures I love um, that it almost resembles like a film set in a way in my head and that's just coming from my own experience and my own analogies um, but it's very organized very structured you get to do a lot of tactile change in a patient's life there and I mean whether I'm on the surgery side or the anesthesia side I'm still trying to feel that out but I, I feel like I have a future somewhere within the OR. If not, they're probably doing Peds emergency medicine almost out of nostalgia because it was like one of my first introductions into medicine.
0: Good to hear the stories behind that. I can definitely relate to the OR interest. Um, being in the clinic is just a different atmosphere. It takes a different kind of personality. I have two more questions for you. One about the BSMD programs and the last one about your Passion for photography and videography. My first is looking back, reflecting over your whole experience to the present day. How much of an impact do you think being in an in a BSMD program has made on you as a person, on your life in general, as opposed to a traditional MD program?
1: So I, I think this is the biggest impact it had on my life, is actually not in the context of medicine. I think it's in the context of just like trusting and taking that step, even though you don't, they're taking that next step, even though you don't see it's there, you just have to trust that it's there. And this comes from the fact that, you know, I, I mentioned accepting and applying to these programs is not an easy decision. And I actually selfishly, turned down my bsmd acceptance for like a solid month and a half and i got a couple of scholarships at university of georgia my you know childhood best friend our goal was you know go to uga live it up together he grow up be a youth pastor i grow up be a doctor we'd have our fun and then like that that's it and you know i wanted that goal selfishly so i actually turned it down had housing and everything set up and like, I remember the program manager kept calling me and emailing me and emailing me. And to this day, I still don't know why I, had, I uh, accepted a meeting with her and like, it just turned, turned around. And I ended up telling my best friend, like, Hey man, you know, I'm, I'm switching. Sorry. Got to find the, the, expecting him to be all like mad at me. He's like, nah, dude, I understand. And crazy enough. Uh, he ended up graduating in three years from University of Georgia and is now a youth pastor in uh, North Carolina. And now I I got to med school in three years. So just imagine if I didn't turn it around, I would be going to med school the traditional rough way. Uh, and he would have maybe graduated in three years and left me there. So like, it was just one of those, God, like, everything really works out. even even though it's like a really hard decision and that has made such a drastic impact on my life and just like trusting in those tough decisions and knowing that it'll be worth it in the end and again like I said taking that next step not knowing that it's there but trusting that it's there and it's definitely one of those like branching points in my life where it's like oh I my life could have went so differently if I cont- continued down this path, but I didn't and now I'm here. And that's that's what the BSNU program meant to me in my life. <laughs> it just words can't describe how crazy that is still to me.
0: Absolutely. Um, not to quote a Sixers quote from uh, um, their motto, but trust the process, that's for sure. Doesn't have, it hasn't worked out well for them. But uh, trusting the process is, is part of the journey. In medicine, I, I, like just even with my years, just being an undergrad, um, there's just these little things semester to semester that I've noticed have looked bad, but turned out for the better. Um, so it's great to hear that. One more question and we'll wrap up. This is one many of our listeners probably want to hear. And that is what and where did your passion for photography and videography come from? Where, where was the beginning for you?
1: oh man um yeah I've been doing this for a while uh I've been doing this since like junior year of high school and like I was like student section leader student body president back in high school like all the things that were cool then but don't matter now but like it turned me into the extrovert uh I kind of (laughs) am and um part of the joy of being in those positions and getting those opportunities was i started picking up the camera and capturing those moments and because like you know, i was in charge of hyping everybody up so you know, one of the easiest ways to do it is um through photo and video carry that through undergrad through my student ministry got a little bit more formal training working a ton of like huge events um with video and photo and then like i really started to enjoy the process of capturing stories um and listening to people, which really kind of connects to my love for medicine and just like hearing the stories and knowing where people come from uh, and better understanding them so that I can care for them better. And like then it just kind of blossomed in med school when I kind of again made a leap of faith and took to YouTube and said like, hey, um, I have this experience. I love telling stories and it was a way to connect with people because I, came into med school during peak COVID. So like none of us could see each other and, you know, the internet was the next best thing. And uh, I'm glad that people are enjoying the, hearing the stories that I get to capture. A a lot of them aren't even mine. I'm just, you know, the vessel and the means that, you know, these incredible people get to uh, inspire somebody out there. And like, it's just, grown and grown over these years and you know people who are in med school always come to me like hey how do i start this channel like how do you do it why you know this is so hard you know where do you get time to edit and everything i'm like look it's because i've been doing this for like six seven years before i even stepped foot in a lecture hall in med school like i had the whole workflow down for photos you know i was editing stuff like seamlessly um, before I even got here. So it doesn't even take that much of my time just because like my brain's on autopilot. Like I don't have to think about that part <laughs> when I'm making things. I, I just think about how can I tell the best story and how can this video, you know, impact someone out there watching. And like the technical stuff is all just set in there. And I, I love it. And again, if you guys like have seen my videos or anything, uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, Say hi, subscribe to the channel, follow me on the socials, whatever, all that jazz. But at the end of the day, if you see one of the stories in there told by physician, healthcare provider, or my fellow students or myself, and you get inspired, that's the end goal. And that is really the beauty of photography, videography to me.
0: Absolutely. I've seen some of them myself. Really, really inspiring. Um, I love to watch them and I, I love to see the guests each time. I've seen the 73 question series quite a few yeah. times. Um, really, really nice to see. Very inspiring. And I can definitely see the talent show through. Uh, some people might just not have that talent, not for them. I mean, work goes a long way, but uh, yeah, yeah. And practice does too. I think that'll wrap up our podcast. So, to those listening in, thank you so much. Andy, thank you again so much. We post our episodes, similar to these, uh, every other Friday. It's a biweekly Friday schedule. It's going to be about guest spotlights like we had today, other series, including Dual Degrees Medicine. Early on, when we started the podcast, we had a financial management series. So browse through, look through what you find most interesting, and we're going to be carrying on with those series. Uh, if you have any that you are interested in, there's quite a variety. So We're aiming to make it as diverse and insightful as possible. Also, while sprinkling in a a few laughs and fun along the way. Um, but, But that's all. We hope to have you there. And again, thank you so much, Andy.
1: Thank you.